Welcome to the podcast. We are speaking with Jack Sim, the founder of the World Toilet Organization, the UN World Toilet Day Initiative, and the bottom of the pyramid BOP Hub. So that's worldtoilet.org and bophub.org. So the United Nations figures, they estimate there are some 2.5 billion people without access to an adequate toilet. What shocks me is that in Africa alone, more than 300,000 children die annually from diarrheal diseases. Now you think while toileting, oh, that's third world countries, that's Africa. No. In London, you have open defecation. Mm-hmm. I go with the Westminster City Council manager, and we see a lot of this happening. Both boys and girls, they are uh, doing their toileting on the back street of London. Dorset saw a huge increase in wild toileting when lockdown was lifted last summer. They are calling on Boris Johnson to do something about this. Now, the World Toilet Organization is doing something about it. They are a global non-profit committed to improving toilet and sanitation conditions worldwide. The BOP hub realizes opportunity via entrepreneurship, lifting people out of poverty with better livelihoods. So, without further ado, here's Jack Sim. Thank you very much for being on the podcast and welcome. I've been introduced to you by uh, uh, Erwin Boermans of uh, Comfort ID, which I believe you know quite well and have met as well. Are you based in Singapore? Is that is that about correct? Or Yes, I, I'm based in Singapore and uh, not going anywhere for the time being. <laughs> no, obviously not. No, we're all stuck where we are, even though uh, UK actually opened up a little bit yesterday. As a matter of fact, the uh, shops are open again and... Uh, that's not bad at all, I must say. I'm quite happy um, with that. Now, um, from what I understand, and correct me if I'm totally wrong, um, the World Toilet Organization, who you are the founder and director of, uh, was founded roughly 20 years ago, 2001. Is, is that about right? Or? On the 19th of November, mm-hmm. and that day is also now the... United Nations World Toilet Day. Ah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yes, I saw that as well. You were at the UN General Assembly, um, from what I understand, a while ago. Yeah? Yes. So uh, I understand that you you are really committed to improving uh, toilet sanitation um, conditions worldwide. And um, I actually read a few few articles uh, with regards uh, to this uh, as well. I understand, for example, that, that in a continent like Africa, uh, 54 countries, 16 of these have less than 25% sanitation, um, 45% there uh, have unclean uh, sanitation conditions in their life. And uh, there's a lot of people that actually die from diseases like diarrhea, cholera, dysentery, typhoid, um, all transmitted by unclean water and uh, a large majority of the infant deaths uh, as well. As they say, and this really shocked me when I read this after I, you know, you agreed to do the interview with me, more than 300,000, more than 300,000 children die every year um, from uh, diarrheal diseases that result from, from, from the lack of sanitation. And um, you're doing obviously a fantastic job to really put this up out in the open and to really to, to and, and obviously you, you were just in an article as well um, in the UK, which, which, which I read. There's a severe toilet problem all over the world and people don't seem to realize that. There's 2.5 billion people um, without access. Uh, is that number about correct or...? Yeah, it's coming down, but... Uh, it's coming down. It's still, That's good news. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. So, so that, that that's good news. But but overall, um, that 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 is not not really um, the best thing. But I understand that that you yourself you came a long time ago uh, from the construction industry. Yes, I was a businessman before. Um, when I was 24, I started my first business, and I created 16 companies. And at 40, I retired to devote fully uh, on social work, uh, most of which was uh, the World Toilet Organization. Mm -hmm. uh, I look for subjects that are neglected, unspeakable, taboo, and uh, unfunded, because when there's no money, there's no NGO. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I have the privilege of um, at least able to pay for my own uh, uh, survival mm -hmm. uh, after uh, making some money from business. So uh, it's, it's, it's possible to keep on taking subjects that are taboo yeah. and, and unspeakable. Yeah, And, and toilet, uh, shit, uh, poop, yeah. these are words that people cannot raise fun with. And so they avoid it and call it a water agenda. Yeah. And when they say water, they can raise funds, but then the money goes to water mm -hmm. and nothing goes to sanitation. So uh, that is why I created the World Toilet Organization. Right, right, right. And it's a non-profit organization, correct? Yes, yes. The, the amount of people that, that really practice open uh, defecation, they say uh, 9 out of 10 live in rural areas, but I also saw an, saw an article very recently um, that said that, um, that, 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 that cities are really a problem uh, as well, and particularly Africa's uh, cities as well. They talk about Kampala, um, where there's uh, quite a few people, um, there are 1.5 million coming through every day, and they say that that, that is... Uh, no, that's a big, big problem. So it's not only urban, but it's uh, it's not only uh, rural areas, but also urban areas as well. Hey, I think that it is uh, now everywhere in London. You have open defecation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, when the pubs close at night, mm. uh, the people continue drinking and they are peeing on the back lane. Yeah. I go with the Westminster city council manager yeah. uh, at night and we see a lot of this happening. Yeah. Uh, both boys and girls, they are uh, doing their toileting on the back street of London. Yeah. Uh, homeless people also. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you go to America, if you go to Los Angeles or New York, um, you, you see a lot of homeless people open defecating. Yeah. Uh, they don't toilet. So, it's like a third world country uh, in those places. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and obviously you you yourself you're in Singapore, which which was considered a long time ago uh, as a developing country, but it's now one of the cleanest places in in the world. And um, is that one of the reasons why you live there, or as well, or? I was born here. <laughs> okay. Right. I grew up when Singapore was a very poor country. Yeah, and then um, we got out of poverty because our government has very good public policies. So we used to have a British bucket mm -hmm. system when we were under the British colonies. Mm -hmm. And then uh, once we have a new government, once we became independent, we started a big public housing program and everybody uh, now own their own houses, mm -hmm. almost uh, 
only 5% of people didn't own their house. Uh, 95% of people own their own house with flush toilets, with everything. So I, I've seen the transformation from third world to first world, especially it was done uh, without foreign aid. It was done by unlocking the spirit of enterprise of the people and inviting foreign investment to train our people with skills and pay them and upgrade them and get good jobs and life gets better and better every year. So nowadays, Singapore is like a fourth richest country per capita in the world. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I want to share this experience with every country in the world. So I also, aside of, apart from the World Toilet Organization, mm -hmm. I also created the base of Pyramid Hub, BOP Hub, which okay. is to eradicate poverty for the uh, lower half of the world population. Four billion people are outside our formal economy. Yep. And I've just built a SDG center for the BOP Hub, the Sustainable Development Goal Center in our uh, in Singapore. Yep. It's a 65,000 square foot building to house all the social businesses in the world. I don't think that we can get people out of poverty by donation. I think we can only get people out of poverty through their own good uh, spirit of enterprise and hard work. Right. So you're basically replicating the system that has been built up in Singapore over the years in other places. Is, is that something that you strive for? Yes, and I think it can be done uh, if we look at the poor as customer yep. and don't um, think of them as uh, helpless, worthless and useless and that your donation money is going to lift them out of poverty. The only way you can get them out is to invest in them, give them loan, give them training, give them access to uh, market opportunity, technologies, education, and those are the things to invest in. If you give them food, treat them like destitute, mm -hmm. uh, you're not doing them a favor. Yeah, that makes that makes sense to me. And and um, that is what you're trying to accomplish, obviously. I, I see you have quite a few projects going on as well. I saw on your website something called uh, Sani Shop, the uh, sanitation social enterprise. Is this something that you can talk about, perhaps? Um, what does that uh, mean, exactly, a social business model for sanitation? Yeah, we train the people to... Uh, build their own toilet and then sell their toilet to their own people at a very, very low cost. Right. So the intervention is basically to teach them how to run a business themselves and then go take a loan from the microfinance people yep. locally and still able to pay it back. So we also do that with uh, several other startups now. Uh, we have a uh, startup with low-cost toilets, with techno cement technologies, uh, with um, hydroponic farming uh, for small spaces, rooftops. Uh, we have got um, uh, people who are uh, creating home-based business. So in the COVID, you cannot go out. So they produce product, food product, bakery, uh, home cook and then deliver to people's house. So we're trying our best to uh, replicate. And, and this is just the beginning for the BOP hub, uh, which is 
just got started uh, last year. Last year, okay. The BOP Hub's idea started very long ago, about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. with the, the commitment with President Clinton in New York at the Clinton Global Initiative mm-hmm. to create a World Trade Center for the poor. But it took many years for me to raise the money um, myself and to uh, build this uh, building. And then now we are in full swing in partnership with the National University of Singapore. Singapore, right. We have created 10 startups. On the World Toilet Organization side, uh, the last 20 years has been a very uh, big success in breaking the taboo on sanitation. Okay. And people originally could not talk about it. Now it becomes a normal subject as politicians start to use it for um, election mm-hmm. and win votes by promising people toilets. So in India, Prime Minister Modi won a landslide victory uh, on election and he built 110 million toilets and then he he won another round. Uh, so I think that Pilot has uh, become a vote winner because we are able to leverage the media to make it very popular. So when we cut to do that, then we will be, uh, it's not, uh, it, it, we don't have to build the toilet. We can just uh, make people uh, want to build the toilet themselves. Yeah, yeah, so it's a win-win situation almost. And you work together, you say, um, as well with the university in, in Singapore. And I read something as well about the uh, Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy. Um, how do you work with the universities and the schools exactly? Is that the same way as you work with politicians, just getting the word out? Or Yeah, with the school, there's a lot of uh, students who want to do startup yeah. and a lot of alumni. And, and we take over all the social business activity from the universities and, and run it. Uh, myself, because originally I failed everything in school at O level, mm-hmm. so I didn't uh, go to university. And when I was uh, 56, I, I finally graduated with a master's degree in the Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy and became an adjunct professor here. So then from there on, I'm doing all this other work. I, I try to learn all the time, like these two weeks I'm studying with Harvard University oh. uh, on online executive course mm-hmm. about leadership for system change. And uh, in 2016, I was uh, studying at Singularity University in NASA mm-hmm. at, uh, oh. at the San Francisco uh, NASA campus and, and learning about technology. So I'm, I continuously try to upgrade myself. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm 64 and I'm studying all the time. <laughs> wow, that, 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 is, that, that is amazing. And that's obviously, uh, that was one of my questions going to be after 20 years, how do you keep yourself inspired? But that, that pretty much answers that. You keep, you keep yourself up to date with all the technologies and everything that goes on around the world. Yeah, I think that if you stop learning, then you you suddenly uh, lost touch because uh, young people mindset are progressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, technologies are progressing very fast, mm-hmm. and the business model in the world, and also the macroeconomic and the political situations are changing all the time. 
and you have to learn the narratives, the jargons, mm-hmm. and and the way of thinking, such that on the one hand you are learning some theoretical things, and on the other hand you are applying it in a very pragmatic manner. If you just keep on learning uh, and and follow exactly, uh, that's also not adaptive. So I I keep on. Uh, keeping an open mind but uh, absorbing new knowledge that's absolutely brilliant and and you went in um 2013 i believe you uh, spoke and uh, uh, at the united nations general assembly designated 19th of november as you mentioned earlier as the official un world's uh, toilet day that must have been that must have been quite a change at that point um, that must have had an impact an immense impact i would say or am i wrong here Yes, uh, the World Dollar Organization started in 2001. Yeah. At that time, um, there was uh, it's really difficult to talk about the subject because people feel it's so rude to talk about shit, poop, toilet. Yeah. After 13 years, we have legitimized the subject because the media writes about it so much because the way we are telling the story is calling a spade a spade directly, Mm -hmm. simple language, a lot of humor mixed with serious facts. And the media love this kind of uh, conversation. And so uh, after a while per year, we reach about two and a half billion people directly and indirectly through the uh, World Toilet Day. uh, And... Then I went to the United Nations General mm-hmm. Assembly to uh, make presentation. Mm-hmm. But also, before that, we have to lobby each country and each country groups to agree to sponsor this UN resolution. Because when we wanted to tell the UN to create another UN day, they are saying like, come on, there's so many UN day another one doesn't uh, help and it's just so boring, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, we explain to them the extent of the problem of sanitation and then they realize that, my goodness, we have to have it. And the fact that it's already reached out to two and a half billion people, even without the UN um, legitimacy, then they felt that it is actually not the UN doing me a favor, but I'm doing them a favor. And and in, in, we have to have a reception, have uh, drinks, have lunch, have dinner um, with groups of ambassadors. Uh, it was 10 months work. And, and the Singapore embassies all over the world continue to do their hard work to lobby every country's colleague. And eventually we have a unanimous approval of 193 countries adopting this resolution. It's also the first time Singapore has ever tabled a UN resolution by ourselves. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a, it's a really a historic event for our country, but also for the world. Since that became official, every country government could use it, World Toilet Day, to announce public policy, to make campaigns, and it it's, uh, have a life of its own. So... I think that the storytelling has been very effective. Yep. And uh, if we were to do it ourselves, we, we couldn't possibly uh, move the needle. 
But now President Xi Jinping of China is the toilet champion of China. Mm -hmm. And Prime Minister Modi is the toilet champion of uh, India. And um, Governor of Sao Paulo, uh, he he is the uh, champion in uh, Brazil. And then we're making more and more government leader to be champions for toilets. Brilliant. It's absolutely, absolutely brilliant. And um, you, you talk about sustainable sanitation solutions uh, as, as well, from what I've read. What is a sustainable um, sanitation solution as opposed to a normal sanitation solution? How, how do you define the sustainable part of that, if I may ask? So a lot of people have toilets and uh, they're after they flush it, it goes into the river. So there's no sewage treatment. Right now in the world, there are 4.5 billion people's shit is not treated. And this is a big concern environmentally. And so we need to set standards that it cannot be discharged Mm -hmm. into the river, the lake, or even to the landfill. And, you know, this flush and forget attitude is no good. Just for example, in Brazil, half of all their sewage is not treated. And in 2019, we have a World Toilet Summit there where we launched the bill together with the senators, uh, Congress, uh, that the water company in Brazil should be allowed to accept private partnership so that the foreign and local private company can invest in sewage treatment. And that bill was passed about seven months after we uh, launched it at the World Toilet Summit in Sao Paulo. Mm -hmm. In 2020, it got approved and now it attracted uh, billions of dollars and the sewage treatment is now getting better and and I think we can be on the way that all sewage will be treated in Brazil, which is a very big country. Massive. So, pilot organization uh, advocacy is able to influence public policy in this way and we're very happy uh, that uh, it, it doesn't matter that we are a very small outfit, but our voice is very, very big. Yeah. Big enough that government listens. Absolutely. And you, you mentioned earlier already, um, you talked uh, as well in London, where I am based, um, to uh, the Westminster uh, Council. Um, article here from, from, from the UK um, uh, mentioning you, uh, they say, what a dump, while toileting has become a big pandemic problem as well. Because obviously, as you mentioned earlier, the pubs are closed and uh, hotels are closed. And you know, people just do whatever they want to do. Do you think it has become worse during the pandemic or has it become better in most areas around the world? I think that um, in London, uh, you are closing down a lot of public toilets. Yeah. And the public don't have actually uh, access except to McDonald's, to the pubs. And um, people have to plan their toilet trips, it's not very good. I think uh, in a city like Singapore, we have 5.7 million people, but we have uh, 30,000 public toilet available. 
30,000 public toilets, really. And how do we have 30,000 public toilets available? Is that we um, actually pass the law that every business that uh, receiving public uh, patronage should open their toilet for the public. So these 30,000 toilets are privately operated but available publicly. So you don't really have to have a, a government funding. You just have to pass a law. Yep. And everybody is having access to toilet. Of course, you are worried about like, oh, a homeless person might just uh, uh, come to your toilet and doesn't look very good for your business. But we don't have this problem. One of the reasons is we don't have homeless at all. Right. That is amazing as well, I must say. Um, so what you say in the article, actually, that proper public loo provision is really the key. And that, that's pretty much what you are saying here, right? But they also say that it, it's a problem that is not going away anytime soon, that it might get better. And especially with, with your voice going out and people making um, uh, in, diff in governments making policies and passing laws with regards to this. Do you agree with the statement that it's not an issue that will go away anytime soon? I think that the governments needs to learn how to um, how to train toilet cleaners, how to design public toilets so that it's easy to maintain. There are so many things uh, that people didn't know about toilets, and they treat toilet cleaners as uh, unskilled workers. But actually, if they are skilled, uh, then the cleaning standard will be much higher. It will be more dry ventilation will be better. Architects have to design toilets such that it is ergonomically easy to be dry and clean, uh, not so easy to be dirty. Uh, toilet Architects are not toilet trained. Their dogs are toilet trained. Uh -huh. uh, architects don't know how to uh, design toilets yeah. in the way that uh, it will work best. So there's a lot of knowledge dissemination that is needed. And right now we are uh, creating the world toilet standards and design guidelines. And when it's finished, we will provide it free for everybody to download. Okay. So the World Toilet Organization continuously work with um, universities and with a lot of volunteers because we don't have money to employ people. And so we don't uh, create a fundraising department. We just get a lot of volunteers. And you know, when someone volunteer with you, wherever they are, it could be from London, it could be from uh, Sao Paulo, it could be from Africa, it could be from the, the ASEAN countries. Um, when they volunteer, we save uh, the need to pay salary. So then we don't need to fundraise. Right. Or at least, uh, we need very little money. So we work with a lot of volunteers. And if anybody listening in want to volunteer, can just contact me. Absolutely. They can contact you um, where exactly? Is that on your on your website, um, worldtoilet.org? Worldtoilet.org. Okay. And contact me. But it's very easy to find my contact on the internet. Yeah, I'll put, it, uh, I'll put it in the, the links as well and everything. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> of course. Um, there's one more thing I would like to ask you. There was an article about, um, there was in um, uh, quite a few newspapers actually, that human waste could be the future 
um, of eco-friendly aviation, and they say that uh, there's a chemical process that efficiently removes excess water and then isolates the combustible materials to make fuel. Have you read about that? And um, have you worked with universities, perhaps, uh, with regards to that? I think theoretically it's good, uh, possible, but uh, you don't need to do that. It sounds a little bit gimmicky because <laughs> the human waste can be treated. You can create biogas out of it, but you can generate electricity without having to transport it to the aeroplane. <laughs> I think you can uh, uh, do a lot uh, with the recycling of the nutrients so that it becomes fertilizer going back to the soil as nature has originally intended it to be so. Um, and uh, to turn it into energy is just one form, but uh, it need not be uh, the best solution. I think the best solution is uh, uh, not to travel so much, <laughs> to, to go by Zoom and to contact each other and where you really have to because the face-to-face -face element is very important to, to do that. And, and even when they try to use biofuel uh, for aeroplane, I think it's also a gimmick because mm -hmm. you compete with food, you yeah. know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a food problem, there's a water crisis. To get that fuel on the plane, you have to water the plant with so much water to create so little fuel just to make a story that the plane flies on on uh, on uh, biofuel. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's not sustainable, which is why uh, people still continue to use uh, jet fuel rather than uh, biofuel. So sometimes uh, we should not uh, just think about that narrow part of the story, but we have to think about the entire supply chain, how biofuel also need fertilizer, which mm -hmm. are chemical fertilizer and, and pesticides and, and uh, water especially. And so um, I think that toilets, um, Methane used for aeroplane, I, I think it's not uh, really viable. Fair enough. That, that makes that makes total sense to me as well, I must say. And I've heard this from different uh, different sides, so that must be uh, absolutely correct. Um, is there anything that you would like to mention to, to people listening? Do you think it will get better now that uh, we're looking at the end of the pandemic, uh, for example, the COVID-19? Um, and I also see a donate button on your site, non-profits. Uh, you mentioned already volunteers that can contact you if they want to help out, Yeah, which is obviously very, very important. Um, what would you like to mention um, as an end note? I'd like to tell everybody to spread the word about World Toilet Organization, World Toilet Day. Uh, spread the word about the importance of sanitation, hygiene, um, I think that uh, COVID is itself a hygiene issue, how we can wear masks and not spread it. And we are now designing a touchless surface for toilets so that you can go in and do all your activities uh, with the minimum amount of contact with any uh, other common surfaces, perhaps only with the seat cover, but uh, still you can do 
seat liners and all that alcohol wipe. So I, I think uh, we want to keep this high level of hygiene awareness of washing hands even after COVID is over because 50% of all diseases uh, in the hospital in a developing country is caused by not washing hands. And if you don't wash your hands, uh, your hands is always dirty because you're touching all kinds of places. Then you're touching your face, your nose, your mouth, your eyes. And the, the uh, way is so invisibly uh, transmit into your body is, is really serious. So in 2013, there was a, oh no, 2003, there was a SARS uh, scare, a, a disease very similar to COVID, but only affecting uh, the Asian region. And everybody was washing their hands. And immediately after SARS is over, they stopped washing their hands. They stopped washing their so, hands. So COVID, I think this time, let's not forget. Let's tell our children, keep the habit and uh, keep ourselves safe. Makes absolutely sense. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, that is much appreciated. Bye-bye. Okay, that was the podcast with Jack Sim. His website's worldtoilet.org bophub.org you can find all these links in the show notes below you can also find more information and the latest news on podcasts.earth with his page being forward slash jack sim that's s-i-m so you have been listening to peter peter de vries thank you for doing so and don't forget to tune in next time thank you